There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Helen and I'm Sarah, and this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and we share ideas and tools that we hope will help you because it always helps us to get that bit better at navigating our squiggly careers. So this week's episode is going to be slightly different. The topic that we're talking about is how to cage your confidence gremlins. And the reason that we are focusing on that is because we have an exciting new project that we have been working on behind the scenes that we want to share with you. So the way this is going to work is Sarah is going to do the announcement. (laughs) She's going to tell you what that project is (laughs) and also how you can get involved in it. So there's some really exciting ways that you can learn with us. And then once we talked about that, we are going to get into some practical ideas for how you can cage your confidence gremlins. So Sarah, what is the news? If we had sophisticated sound, I feel like now we'd have a drum roll. So our news is that we have written a new book that you can pre-order now called Gremlins. And we are so excited about this because it's a bit different to the books that we've done before for three reasons. One, they're a very different style to our first books. And being honest, I think they're a bit more stylish. They're A6, so they're quite small. They're very colourful, so we can use colour, and they are beautifully illustrated. So we have brought those gremlins to life. And I would say it's very much a royal way because those illustrations are not done by Helen and I. They're done by a great illustrator called Mark Conlon. And then Jen, who works with us, who's our squiggly designer, has just made the books look beautiful. So a lot less words and a lot more kind of images. They're really creative. They're just really nice to spend time with. And you don't just get one book. You actually get two short books. So the first book is on knowing and the second book is on caging your gremlins. And they come in a lovely folder, all really nicely packaged and designed. And everyone who pre-orders a copy will be invited to join us for a free How to Cage Your Confidence Gremlins workshop with Helen and I, whether that's a pro or con, I don't know, where we'll be working through ideas in the book together as a group. So we'll be doing our usual live drawing. We'll be doing lots of the exercises, loads of the ideas. Very relaxed, very informal. So I'm already looking forward to that. And for this book, we've been working in partnership with an organisation called The Pound Project, who are amazing. They're really committed to creating sustainable publishing. And that means that they only print the books that are pre-ordered. So essentially, whatever gets pre-ordered is what gets printed and that's what gets sent out to everybody. So this is why pre-orders, we always say pre-orders matter. But for this book, they really matter because that'll be the only way that you can get the book. So let's get started then with what is a gremlin? I feel like intuitively we sort of get what these gremlins are, but if it helps you, the way that we think about this is they are beliefs 
that hold you back. They're sort of doubts that get in the way of your development. And they're things that we say to ourselves that other people can't hear. They sound very loud in our own head and they are really, really unhelpful. And the thing that Sarah and I have learned from supporting people with confidence gremlins for over 10 years now is that everybody has them. It doesn't matter who we're talking to, what level they're at in an organization, what experience they've got, everybody has a belief that holds them back and everybody would benefit from a bit of support to cage them. And the reason that we want to cage them is if we don't try to take control of these confidence gremlins, they can cause us to stall in our career and get stuck and they stagnate in terms of our skills. They really make us smaller and they limit our learning. And at worst, I think they can actually become your identity. So it stops being just this little voice in your head and it starts feeling like this reality that you can't change in your career. And that's when those gremlins have really got control of us and it's really, really unhelpful. So let's talk about some of these common confidence gremlins. So like Helen said, we've all got them. And I think almost that's the first step to acceptance with these gremlins is like everyone's got them. So we should, we've, we've got to kind of learn to live with them and to make sure that they don't stop us from squiggling in a way that works for us. Um, so I'll, I'm going to describe some of the ones that we hear all the time from people all across the world. And then we'll talk a bit about ours because unfortunately we're not exempt from this. I feel like we should be, you know, from because we get to do squiggly careers. Maybe we shouldn't have gremlins, but we obviously we absolutely do. And the likelihood is lots of these will feel familiar. So don't panic if, as I describe these, you're like, I've got that one and that one and that one because I sometimes feel a bit like this when you start listing them you're like oh my god I've got like five gremlins but what you will probably find is one of these gremlins is a particularly stubborn one for you you know it maybe feels like to Helen's point it's really it shouts the loudest it gets in your way most frequently so as I go through them try and maybe think about which of these do you feel like really sort of stands out in terms of actually stopping you so you've got the imposter gremlin the classic gremlin, if you want to call it that, which I've, is that sort of fear of being found out. So lots of us are familiar with that. The failure gremlin, so real fear of failure. So, you know, stops you from putting yourself forward for things in case you might fail. So real fear of getting things wrong. Fear of being put on the spot. I definitely recognise that one. I like being in control. So then, you know, when someone puts you on the spot, you feel out of control. So I don't, I don't like the idea of that. The not good enough gremlin, a really common one. Or sometimes that might sound like the not smart enough gremlin. I think they're slightly different things. So maybe one of those feels more like a gremlin for you than the other. Conflict gremlin, the judgment gremlin, the numbers gremlin, and there are lots more. So you might have one that feels more specific to you that we've not named there. That doesn't make it wrong. It's just, you know, your your gremlins are yours. And I think once you've got the awareness of the ones that you've got, you can then figure out what you're going to do about them. So Helen, what are your most, your two most stubborn gremlins? Which are the ones that get in your way the most? Oh, they're bad ones. My two most stubborn are the not being liked confidence gremlins. I definitely have something about likability. <laughs> so that stops me from sometimes being honest about how I feel about a situation because I think, oh, you know, don't be too difficult or challenging people. I'm like, don't be too divisive. And then the other one would be like the not knowing enough gremlin. That one whispered at me today, actually. I was in a, uh, Ooh, I know, I don't, well, I don't want to go into too many details, but um, I, was in a, <laughs> I was in a session with some very senior people. And I guess it's kind of like a bit judgmenty and a bit knowing enough one. And I was like, oh, am I just giving them enough expertise? Like in my mind, they were sort of very expert people. And then in order for me to be credible to them, I had to be especially expert. And I was like, you know, the thing, the thing with gremlins is you're trying to do your best and they are talking 
to you at the same time. So you're trying to be really present and do a good job. And at the very same time, this gremlin chatter is like, ooh, that wasn't a very good answer. Ooh, you're not giving mm. them enough. They're like, it's really <laughs> unhelpful. I'm trying to do a good job. And you're, this gremlin's just shouting at me. Oh uh, yeah, so shouty, a shouty whisper. But I had it today, which just goes to show that gremlins just pop up all the time. That's why I think this is a skill you've got to keep working at. If sort of your kind of gremlins are never done, you've got to keep at them. We say, actually, one of the things that we talk about in the book is this idea of free-range gremlins, that, you know, when they sort of escape their cage, mm. you sort of think you've got them caged because you know about them, and then something prompts them to escape, and suddenly they just I feel like they just roam free, mm. and the more free-range they are, the more unhelpful they become. And my two gremlins, which are different to yours, um, so that's always quite useful because we, we can help each other. Our gremlins, at least they don't multiply, they're not exactly the same, <laughs> but mine are... Um, conflict and numbers and I was thinking it's just always been true you know both of those things have always been true so I think those gremlins feel they don't feel like friends that's for sure because I don't I don't like them but I've got a lot of awareness about them I can I don't find it hard to see them or spot them and I think this is the same for lots of people when it comes to gremlins almost the awareness bit is less tricky because we're, we're all our own worst critics, right? So we sort of see those gremlins because you're like, oh, they're not the parts of us that we particularly love. And when we're quite hard on ourselves, that's sort of usually part of our gremlin speaking. But I always think that the difficult bit is knowing then what to do about it. It's like, well, okay, well, I really don't like conflict and I, numbers sometimes really scare me. So, okay, sure. Like what, like, what do I do? And it's worth just spotting the things that grow a gremlin. Because there are certain things that when they are present just means that your gremlin is more likely to be free range and to get bigger. And those three things are people, past experiences and places. So the people could be a group of people or a particular person. So maybe you feel like you've got your gremlin caged until someone walks in the room or in the Zoom. That could be a senior person, could be someone just very different to you, could be a group that you find intimidating Past experiences, you know, this is where something has happened before in your career or just generally in your life that really makes you very nervous about that gremlin. You know, you've probably had like a bad experience that's really stuck with you or made a mistake that's really then influenced how you behave. So you can sort of point to past experiences that have probably influenced that gremlin and helped that gremlin to grow. And then places, this is sort of your culture, your environment, your context. So if you've got, let's say me, if I've got a conflict gremlin and then I'm suddenly in a team or in an organisation where there is lots and lots of disagreement, obviously for me, that would mean that gremlin is probably more likely to grow. Or I don't know, maybe, maybe the opposite would happen, but we'd have to see. It sounds like a nightmare even thinking about it. So it's, it's worth knowing that, yes, these are your gremlins to cage, but there are sometimes things outside of our control that make it harder so, you know, sort of being a little bit empathetic to your situation and surroundings, I think. So, Helen, what, what which one of those do you think grows your gremlin the most? I think definitely there's a people one. I can't think of a specific person. I think that I do have a generic type of person. <laughs> <I> can. <laughs> can you? 
What, somebody that triggers yeah. a specific... I mean, don't say it. You, there's a spe- you could think of a specific person who triggers yes. my not being liked or not knowing enough. Oh, not... No, for me. For me. Oh, it's I not for you. Thought... <laughs> <laughs> you thought I was talking about you. I oh, thought no, no. you were going to name them and you were going to go like... No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not even going to name my own one. Like, you know, I'm not that mean. But no, I like... <laughs> when I think of this, I'm like, oh, I can like see them. I could like... It's not like a general thing. It's quite a specific that's thing so for funny. me. So that's interesting I love that. that we both have people, but in a different well, way. Well, also my people one. So my people one sort of generally is, I think very, very expert people often trigger my not knowing enough gremlin but as well as the as well as the kind of people think mine is also a little bit of a place so the work that sarah and i do a lot of it is kind of virtual so we'll be delivering sessions and lots of people don't have the cameras on and then some of it's in person and often when i'm doing things in person i think that feeds my confidence gremlins because often when people are listening they have that resting face which is just (laughs) and i know that that means that i know that just because someone's resting doesn't mean they're not engaged but my gremlin says like oh look at them that's a judgment face. They look bored. They look bored. <laughs> they don't like you. They don't think you know what you're talking about. And it's sort of like really skewed. I know that resting face doesn't mean that, but my gremlin will be saying that in my ear at the same time as I'm trying to like deliver a session. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I often think the people one for me is different. So for conflict, it's definitely been in the past certain individuals have really meant that that confidence gremlin is literally having an absolute field day. You know, like to the point where I don't want to spend time with that person because I just know. This isn't me, um, is and it? Then you... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, of course it's not you. So I've, I've got... Oh my God, and that's that my confidence long... gremlin about not being liked. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. It's actually, given that is your gremlin, it's a surprise sometimes that we get on so well because I wouldn't say I'm that nice the whole time. <laughs> I am. I've known um, you for ages. It's fine. That's true. That's true. Age, age helps. <laughs> So yeah, sometimes for me, it's definitely like specific people. I think also the expert one comes in for me a bit where, you know, say because particularly for something like numbers, you know, when you think, oh, well, it's a skill set I've not got. And then when you work with someone who actually very, they're not being difficult, but they, they are good at something that you aren't. And I think sometimes it just really, it feels like it shines a spotlight on that. And then that can feel quite intimidating. And then your gremlin basically starts to say things like, oh, you're not, you're not as good as that person. So I think you can sometimes get to comparison gremlin, which is another really common one. So I'll be like, I'm not as good as that person. I'm not as smart as that person. That person's doing a better job than me. They're more useful in this organisation. You know, because you put other people on a pedestal, that's often what happens with gremlins. And when we do this in sessions, I find it so interesting how kind and empathetic people are to other people And then sometimes they're so harsh about themselves. Whereas if you ask people to kind of flip and imagine they were giving sort of advice to someone else about their own gremlin, people can definitely do it. But then they find it hard to sort of do that for themselves. I think because these gremlins are hard. They do shout. We've lived with them for a long time. And I think we sort of all recognise that in a monologue. You know, like we've sort of almost got used to it. And then I wonder if we get a bit helpless. We start to think, oh, well, it's always been there there's sort of not a lot I can do about it and I sort of have to accept it and maybe I've got to even like embrace the gremlin it's just it's just me rather than thinking oh well actually if I could cage it imagine what I could do instead you know imagine like the upside from actually caging my gremlin and this word caging is really really important because as you'll have probably heard from what Sarah and I've talked about it's very very hard to kill a gremlin like it keeps coming up at different points in time in your career. What we're trying to do is sort of get 
better at spotting when that might happen and then stopping it in its tracks. And so this caging thing is the ability we're looking for. And we see gremlins as just a feature, this containable, controllable things that might show up for you rather than something that you have to fix in yourself. Like this isn't about you being bad at something or, you know, gremlins meaning you're not good. It's just something that we all have and we need to get kind of better at spotting and stopping basically. And so we're looking for pragmatism rather than perfection in terms of how we are going to approach kind of stopping our gremlins getting in our way. So what we thought we'd do is share three exercises that feature in the books and have a go at them out loud so you can hear some examples of them and perhaps it can get you started too. So the three exercises are called First Thoughts, OK Expectations and A Gremlin Shared is a Gremlin Halved. So we're going to start with first thoughts. And this is a series of six different questions that can help you to surface your gremlin. So for some people, we might say, oh, the good enough or the comparison gremlin. And you might be nodding along straight away and going, oh, that's me. And for some other people, it might be useful to just go through these first thoughts and think about what's the gremlin like and when is it showing up? So we'd recommend that you spend a bit of time with these questions. I'm going to ask them to Sarah so you can hear what some of the responses might sound like. And we'll also summarise these in the pod sheet too so that you've got them to answer for yourself after you've listened today. Question number one then, Sarah. At work, I worry most about... Whether I'm adding enough value, being useful, doing the right things. I'm just going to leave Sarah's responses there rather than comments, everybody. I'm just going to leave them there. Um, A mistake I've made that stayed with me is? When I didn't properly understand something and I was working with someone really senior and rather than calling them or taking the time to really understand I just bombarded them with sort of information and hoped for the best and I'm still mortified to this day that I did that and I suspect they gave it no more than like 30 seconds thought but they definitely told me that it's not what they needed and I imagine if someone did that to me now I'd I'd also find it very frustrating so I've never forgot that. Fill in these gaps. I wish I was as confident as gap one because gap two. So I wish I was as confident as Christine Armstrong because I feel that she is never afraid to share her point of view with the world. Mm. I'm trying so hard not to comment. Okay, (laughs) question four. A doubt I have about myself that might surprise other people is... I mean, I don't know if they're surprising for a start. Um, That might surprise other people. I still get nervous talking in front of large groups of people and it's something I've done loads of and I love and really enjoy but my heart still goes really fast before I do it but I also really enjoy it. The situation at work that scares me the most is? Someone outright disagreeing with me in a way that was sort of provocative and in a sort of very conflicty way. You know, if somebody did do the whole, um, well, I just think squiggly careers is a waste of time. And I get it. It's, it's a bit of a flash in the pan idea, but obviously it won't be useful for much longer or for many organisations. That kind of, that would scare me. I was trying thinking about a conversation that I had where someone was a bit like that. I know, I know it's so hard. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, last question, so I don't talk about that one. My first thoughts on the gremlin I'm grappling with are... I think my... The main one that I, I still have to work the hardest at is still conflict because I've I've actually worked really hard to cage the old numbers gremlin and I'm in quite a good place with that. I'm quite proud of the progress that I've made on the numbers one and almost a bit of peace with it, I think. Whereas the conflict one, I can still see and spot things that I don't do, that I want to do and that get me very frustrated because of that gremlin. So we go. <laughs> well done. Honestly, I think I feel it, like I was like therapy. Well done. <laughs> I do think that when you start any work on confidence, like a well done is actually quite important. And you might need to well done yourself. But I think yeah. the problem is they've been hiding in your head for a very long time. And so actually just taking some time to go, what what does this sound like? And how is this showing up? And, and you know, what, what, what are my first thoughts on this? I think it is quite confronting, but you've got to confront your confidence gremlin. It doesn't want you to do that. So these questions are a gentle way to start that kind of process. So um, well done, Sarah, for sharing them. And obviously Thanks. everyone else, you've got to do it just on yourself. Sarah's done it with lots and lots and lots of people listening. The other thing that I was going to say is that Sarah mentioned the word pride there when she was talking about her numbers gremlin. And that's something that we talk about in the book as well, about you know how important pride is as part of this process. And I think for Sarah, just recognising that she's got two main gremlins and as a result of lots of things that we're going to talk to you about, one has got a lot less significant and smaller should hopefully give Sarah some confidence that she can do the same with the conflict gremlin too. <laughs> Let's hope so. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So let's talk now about OK Expectations because I love this action because it is pragmatic and realistic. And I think we need to be both of those things when we're talking about caging our gremlins. And one of the phrases that Helen and I often use, I think sums this up perfectly, is when we are caging our gremlins and kind of going through this process, this is not you at your best. This is you doing your best. So this is hard stuff to do well. And so I think if we start with an expectation of we're going to go from 
zero to gremlin caging hero you are basically setting yourself up to fail and you won't do anything differently we've got to go like what's okay what's okay in this scenario essentially what is better than doing nothing what is better than just letting our gremlin sort of take charge we are trying to be in charge of our gremlin not the other way around so when we're trying to set okay expectations it is useful to start off with what happens when your gremlin is in charge so I'll give one example and then I'll um, ask Helen for one as well so you can sort of hear a couple of different ones. So for me, for example, when my gremlin is in charge, if someone challenges me in a conversation, then I shut down, stop listening and usually start sweating, to be honest. Helen, how about you? What's an if then when your gremlin is in charge rather than the other way around? So if I think about the not knowing enough gremlin, if that gremlin of kind of not you know being expert or knowing enough is in charge, then what I would tend to do is I'll over explain something because in my mind I'm thinking like more is better. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Good. Really good. So the very important point here is your if stays the same. Your if isn't going anywhere. So in an ideal scenario, I don't want anyone to challenge me in a conversation, but obviously that's going to keep happening. In an ideal scenario, Helen might go, well, I want to be the most expert person in every room, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> so I think we've, we've, we've just got to accept, you've got to go, okay, well, that if scenario will stay. So that stays the same. What we need is a new then for when you are in charge of your gremlin rather than the other way around. But that new then needs to have that okay expectations in mind. Because I might go, right, if someone's challenging in a conversation, ideally what I want my new then to be is for me to be constructively challenging, to kind of give as good as I get, to really enjoy the provocation and to feel like I'm part of like a really constructive debate. And then inevitably, if that's what my new then was, obviously that's never going to happen. Like it's so far away from my personality. I, I just, you just can't imagine it. But you might see that in other people. And it's actually quite an easy mistake to make to think, well, what I need to do. So let's say I saw Helen being amazing in challenging conversations. What I might think is what I need to do is just be more Helen. But you you can't do that. It's like it's almost like too far from your authentic, like your authentic starting point. So to give an example, when I'm in charge of my gremlin, if someone is challenging in a conversation, my new then is I ask an open, curious question. Sometimes just asking one open, curious question is better than nothing. It's better than just completely shutting down and stopping listening. If I can ask a few, even better. And that's what having okay expectations of myself looks like in those sort of high pressure moments where don't forget your gremlin will be shouting at you. It'll be shouting, you hate this, you're not good at this, it's some conflict, beep beep, but I feel like it like makes loud noises. And so if you can do anything different, you're actually doing really well. What would a new then be for you, Helen? I think it might be, so... The if is, if someone is more expert than me and my old then was like, just just keep giving them more of what you know, <laughs> yeah. just keep proving that you know stuff, then I think my new then could be to invite discussion. You know, so like just basically just stop at a certain point, like don't keep going, Helen, and then be like, what's your perspective or what's your experience of this or what other ideas have we got as a group? Like not feeling like mm. I have to sort of out-expert them. And that's not really what I'm trying to do, but that's sort of what my gremlin wants me to do. But actually yeah. just sort of inviting the discussion so I can hear more other people's perspectives and having the confidence for that to happen, I think that would be a much better then. Yeah, it could be... Um 
invite and involve. And actually the reason that I kind of summarise that there is I think often when you're trying to come up with these actions, because these are shortcuts for your brain, it will help you to behave in a new way by default. So if you can make them memorable and short, like involve and invite, like or invite and involve, either way, if, if that's all Helen's got to remember in that moment where she's like, oh, the experts are here. Okay, invite and involve, invite and involve. Whereas I suddenly go, oh, this person's actually a bit more challenging than I anticipated. Ask an open question, ask an open question. And that's that's it. That's all I ever think. Ask an open question because it just keeps me in the conversation versus withdrawing from the conversation. You might find you need to experiment with a few different actions before you find the right one for you. I tried quite a lot of things on conflict that didn't that didn't work, usually because they were too far, I think, from just like who I am. Once I got to ask an open question, which sounds like so simple, doesn't it? You're like, how, how did you not get there sooner? But because this is hard for you, it does often, I think, take a few attempts. So please don't worry if you do try something and either you just don't do it or it doesn't work, because I do think this is a bit of a process of exploring and experimentation. And the third idea from our Gremlins book that we wanted to share with you is that a Gremlin shared is a Gremlin halved. And hopefully you'll have heard this a little bit between Sarah and me. So we've been talking and supporting each other with our Gremlins for quite a long time. And what that means is we we know situations when those Gremlins are likely to grow and we know things are likely to be difficult for either of us to do and we can really support each other in those situations. And so when you share your Gremlin with somebody you realise that you're not alone and that taking some action isn't as awful as it's kind of you might imagine it in your head. And we're really reducing the power that that gremlin has over you. I think just keep thinking, the more you keep this in your head, the harder it is to stop it. But the more that you share it with other people, the more power you have over that gremlin and the more that you can stop it getting in the way of your, your growth and what you want to do at work. And we sometimes do this exercise in our workshops where we put people together who don't know each other very well, but probably work in the same company, but perhaps across different countries. And we ask them, you know, go into a breakout room, share one gremlin you've got and maybe how it gets in your way. And you can see initially people look a bit intimidated because it is quite a vulnerable thing to ask people to do. And then when everyone comes back from those breakout rooms, I always say in one word, describe how that felt, like having that conversation, how did that feel? And pretty much everybody just says, reassuring. Oh, it's reassuring. I feel like I'm not alone, as Helen described. People actually always come back from those conversations feeling really positive and really upbeat because I think it's one thing to say everybody has gremlins, but I think it is another thing to hear everyone talking about their gremlins. I think it's like they just get a little bit lighter. And I, and to me, it also sort of makes sense because gremlins are heavy to hold, right? They're heavy to have in your head. So getting them out of your head, I think it just makes you feel like just a bit lighter. I, always, I feel it myself and I see it in other people. The other reason that it is useful to talk about your gremlins is something we talk about in the book called mirroring. So I think what your gremlins do is they create a bit of a false filter on how you're showing up in a situation. You know, like me saying like, oh, I'm presenting and everyone's got a resting face and that face to me means that they're not not interesting or not interested. Sorry, they're interesting. Um, they're not interested in me. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of what your gremlin will do to you because it, it's what it wants you to believe. But 
when you share your grammar with other people, they can kind of mirror that situation to you from their perspective, which is probably quite different to what your false filter mm. might be saying. So Sarah might be like going, oh, no, Helen, I saw loads of people writing stuff down. Or did you not see the people that were nodding along when you made that particular point? Or that quote, I saw someone like writing that down on their phone. And your gremlin didn't want you to see any of that stuff because that kind of challenges what it's telling you. So talking to somebody else really creates a different mirror to a situation. And it's a really, it's kind a very helpful bit of information that helps you challenge your gremlin so i appreciate not every one of you might be in a workshop where you get the chance to talk about your gremlins so two specific suggestions of people who you might want to look for to go and have these conversations with i usually think you talk to people you know quite well certainly who you trust and who you feel are supportive but i think there are sort of two almost separate groups of people here who can be useful in different ways one is someone who is good at your gremlin So I look at someone and think they seem to be amazing at having difficult, uh, challenging conversations like, oh, wow, I could I could learn from that person or someone who you think could support you to cage that gremlin. So that could be a manager, a peer, a mentor, you know, someone sort of who's very much kind of on your side and wants you to succeed. And then you might be kind of thinking, well, th- that's great. But what would that conversation actually sound like? Do I do I just turn up and been like? gremlins i've got i've got some help me um probably not i think if you can bring this to life it might sound something like one of the things i find hard is having challenging conversations it's stopping me from offering my opinion in meetings and then i end up feeling really frustrated i've noticed that you're really good at managing difficult conversations or conversations where there's lots of different points of view I just wondered what ideas or advice you'd give me because that's an area I'm really trying to improve in. And I think, I mean, do it in your own words and do it in your own way. But we've put a couple of squiggly scripts in the second Gremlins book just because I think it's quite useful as a starting point, even if you critique it and rewrite it, you know, sort of in your own way. Um, Because I do think this has to feel like something you would naturally say. And, you know, I wrote that so that feels right for me. And also it depends who you're talking to. Inevitably, it'll be more informal and you're not just going to say all of that probably in one monologue as as I just did there because it feels like you've just stood up and done a speech about your gremlins but I I have always been surprised by just how much a your gremlins are more hidden than you imagine so sometimes I've spoken to people about my gremlins and they are surprised and I'm just I just thought they were so obvious and secondly people like really really want to help you to cage these gremlins because no one likes the idea that you're sort of stopping yourself from being as brilliant as you can be because you've sort of got this, you know, annoying gremlin sort of chipping away at who you are and like how amazing you can be. So I think people are really supportive. And don't forget, it's so much easier to support someone when it's not your gremlin. That's why I like talking to people who are sort of good at my gremlin, because I just think, well, this is not this is not them, this is their strength. So they're just going to give me a whole other perspective as well as those supportive people too. But I honestly think the more you talk about them, the more it just becomes something everyone's got. It's really normal. It's it's a kind of everyday thing versus this like massive thing that kind of goes unsaid and unnoticed. So we hope that hearing those three different ideas for how you can kind of get to know your gremlin and also get that gremlin caged have been useful. It is really just a teaser of what is in gremlins because we just wanted to give you a bit of an insight. Um, And I think if there are, I guess, two main messages 
for you to think about now. One is the fact that everyone has gremlins. Like it is really, really normal to have a gremlin. So don't beat yourself up about it. It's, it's normal to have them. But the other thing is they don't have to get in your way. Like this is something we can do something about. We can all create a cage for our gremlins. And we hope that we have created some really useful support to help you to do that. So if you want to buy the book, please, please do. Please support this project that we've been working on. Again, the website is poundproject.co.uk forward slash shop forward slash gremlins. And we would love to see you at that virtual session so that we can dive in a bit deeper and share more of these ideas for action and answer any questions that you've got about you and your gremlins. We're just trying to surround you with as much kind of support we can around a skill that we know a lot of people struggle with. So we hope that, that is helpful for you and your development. So that's everything for this week. As always, thank you for listening and good luck caging those gremlins. Bye for now. Bye everyone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina.